We'll get into it. Happy Mother's Day again to all the mothers. And um, I texted my mum this morning. Did anyone te- anyone forgotten to call mum or text mum? You have my permission to use your mobile phone during this service uh, f- on on one uh, for one reason, one reason only. If you are needing still to text your mum, uh, it would be probably be better if you don't phone her during the service. Uh, uh, and that might be slightly distracting. Uh, anyhow, we've got new heaters in the building. Have you noticed the new heaters? Um, someone says they look better. I like the blue ones personally, but I'm, I'm a traditionalist, uh, and uh, apparently these ones are even better. So anyhow, very, very good. Well, I don't know how, how your week's gone. Uh, I've had a great week because I've got new jeans. How many of you know that that's a good week? When you get new jeans, and it's a good year for some of us, isn't it, when it comes to the price of jeans these days? Uh, but the downside is, can I let you know the downside? The downside is there's a sticker on the inside of these jeans about there, and it's grabbing onto the leg, the hair on my legs every now and then. So if I do cry out in pain uh, during this service, please relax. It's just a small tug of leg hair uh, going on. Anyhow, grab your Bible, and uh, if, you've, if you're uh, brave, you've, how many people are brave and you've brought your old school Bible to church? Uh, how many people are wimps and you're just looking on your phone? Oh, old school Bible. There we go. Uh, grab your Bible and uh, we're going to read. I'm going to read. We're going to read a whole chapter um, from First Samuel, and we're reading from First Samuel chapter one. And I'm excited because I, I really believe God's speaking prophetically this morning uh, to us with what I prepared to preach. Plus um, Nigel's awesome prophetic ministry, um, and I just pray that a blessing to you. Here we go. Well, let's read. This is First Samuel chapter one. We're going to read the whole chapter. It says this. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuf, in the hill country of Ephraim, right? That's a difficult address. He was the son of Jehoram, and the, who was the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf of Ephraim. Uh, also difficult if you have to say that every time you meet someone. Elkanah had two wives, uh, Hannah and Peniah. We're not going to talk about why, but it was the way they did it. Then Peniah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peniah and to each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Peniah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Just let me read that again. The Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peniah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. This is just a moment for the men here. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. So he's completely unaware of the situation, right? So there are men in the Bible, this is one of them. He's completely unaware. Why aren't you eating? Why are you downhearted? Just because you have no children. Here it is. This is the special man moment. You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? How many, how many men in the house have had a moment like this? A moment of just brilliant brilliant and complete unawareness. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Okay, Hannah, it just says this. It, 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 she doesn't reply. Uh, there's no reply to such deep wisdom. 
after one sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle, and Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look down upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime as a sign that he has been dedicated to you. His hair will never be cut. As she was praying, the Lord watched her, sorry, Eli, praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought that she had been drinking. Another man in the Bible, completely unaware of the situation. Must you come here drunk, he shouted, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. I am very discouraged, though. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think that I'm a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. Well, in that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you your request that you have asked of him. Check out this verse 18. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and she began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. Verse 19, the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. They returned home to Ramah, and when Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. But Hannah, sorry, Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned and then I will take him to the tabernacle and I'll leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now and may the Lord help you to keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After, sacrifice the bull, after the sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy eat to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he has granted me my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshipped the Lord there. Well, I reckon this is a pretty amazing story. I, I couldn't figure out how to shorten it down, so I thought, well, we're going to have to read the whole chapter. It's an amazing story uh, when you think about it. And uh, this, this woman, Hannah, in the middle of the story is just, a, it's just phenomenal. This is a person of great faith. This is a person of massive heart. This is a person who's living their life with passion, right? This is a person who's living their life with dedication, right? And I think this story speaks powerfully to us about the frustrations that we face. I really believe that we are called to be more than conquerors, and this story is about someone who is a more than conqueror. A more than conqueror. If you think about the, the whole, it says in the Bible, Jesus said that we're, we're supposed to be more than conquerors. In the modern translations, it says that overwhelming victory is ours in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. How, how do you become more than a conqueror? Because surely once you've won, you've won. How do you become more than a conqueror? This story is someone who became more than a conqueror. See, amazingly, Hannah found breakthrough, right? She found personal breakthrough, right? 
She had an issue that she was facing that caused her frustration, that caused her pain. <clears throat> and she found a miracle from God that broke through. But you've got to read the whole book of 1 Samuel to really understand the power of the miracle that she found. Because see, this boy Samuel was more than Hannah's miracle. This boy Samuel was more than the, the, a miracle in the family. This boy Samuel was more than a miracle even in the tribe of Ephraim. This boy Samuel became more than just a miracle in Israel. This boy Samuel became a miracle in the earth. He became a miracle in the plan of God. This boy Samuel led the nation through transition from tribal leadership into, king, into a kingdom. He was the voice of God that set the platform for a whole new era in following God. He was the voice of God that set the platform for ultimately for King David, who was the person who created the way for the coming Messiah. So you've got to understand, when you find breakthrough, God breaks through. And when God breaks through, He does way more than you can imagine. Now, I get it. I really get it. It's easier to not believe for breakthrough. It would have been much easier for Hannah just to stab Paniah in the eyes, wouldn't it? And just get on with her miserable life. Do you know, sometimes we've got we've to we've let go of some of our coping me me mechanisms and stop coping. This morning, I think you need to stop just carrying on. And I think we need to push into God for real breakthrough. And do you know, because the reality is this, when you get breakthrough, other people do too. Come on, this is Mother's Day. Come on, you matter. You matter. It's Mother's Day. It's a good time to remind us all that, that you matter. Because I know what it's like for mums. I've seen a mum in operation in close proximity. <clears throat> what do mum, who do mums look after last or never? Who do mums think about last or never? They think about themselves never. They think about themselves not last. They think about themselves never. This morning's a good opportunity to say, come on, you need to think about you. Come on, if you're a mum, you need to stop thinking about everyone else and start thinking about you. Where are you at? What do you need? Come on, you do need to do that. Come on, but if you're a human being, come on, it's time to think about where are you at? What wall are you facing? That's why I prayed it, because I, yeah, I think sometimes we've just coped, we've coped with the issue and moved on to something else, but God's calling us to conquer in the issue. Come on, what are the issues you're coping with? Maybe financially, maybe emotionally, maybe relationally, maybe something deep inside that you don't even want to talk about or think about. I pray, I pray that God's bringing it to your mind this morning so that He can give you faith and passion to break through. Amen? Because when you break through, we all do, right? Okay, so what is it about Hannah that, that, that took her from frustration, from pain, from just the provocation of her enemies? What was it that took her from there to the moment of breakthrough? It was, certainly wasn't the wise advice of her husband. What did she do? She allowed her pressure, she allowed the provocation of her enemies, and she allowed her pain to push her towards the Lord. Come on, she was crying, she's not eating. She's incredibly upset. Not only is she struggling with the difficulty of not having children, someone is directly taunting her. It's unbelievable. The, 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 the level of bullying that's going on here is unbelievable, right? She's been directly taunted. And it's pressure, and it's difficult, and it's pain, and then she goes to the Lord. Who had stopped her from having children? The Lord had. Why? Because God's got this plan that she couldn't understand. She, could, she had every right to be frustrated at the Lord. 
She had every right to be angry at the Lord, but instead she brings her anguish and her frustration and she comes uh, to the Lord, right? Do you know, I would say this, that everybody always goes to God when they're under pressure. It's just the only issue is who is your God? You always go to the thing that you know can help you. Uh, that's, what, that's why alcoholics will always go to alcohol. Sex addicts will always turn to sex. Some of us will always dive for the cream buns, right? Or another cup of coffee will fix it. Some of us just like to keep busy, busy, busy. Are you out there and you've got to keep busy, busy, busy? Maybe it's time to stop being busy and just go to the Lord. I heard a preacher this week say something just hilarious. People come up to him all the time. He's actually like a a counselor and um, he's a psychologist. He was a preacher, had a burnout, studied psychology, and now he's got an amazing ministry helping preachers. And he said this, you know, people come to all the time and say, I really need the voice of God on this. Can you give me some advice? He's an older gentleman as well. So people come to him for advice. And he says, okay, I I can't give you the word of the Lord, but I can give you some advice. Get yourself a gallon of orange juice and go to a mountain cabin until God speaks to you. And I think it's good advice. Maybe not the gallon of orange juice, but come on, come on. Have we been to God with our issue? Maybe we need to go with, to God with our issue until He speaks to us. And maybe we need to cut out some of the other things that we've been using to replace God. It's time to return to God, to run to God with our pressure and our pain. You'll run to God eventually. Because that's why He's allowed the pressure and the pain. Why did God allow Hannah to not have children? Was God punishing her? No, God was drawing him to her. Him to himself. Her to him. Why did God allow why did God allow Hannah not to have children? Well, he wasn't punishing her. He was drawing her to himself. He was wanting her to step into a miracle zone, step into his presence in a way that she would wouldn't have done otherwise. Come on, what are you facing? Are you angry about it? Stop being angry about it and just say, I'm going to be thankful in every circumstance, understanding that God has got a purpose in it, and I'm going to use it to push me towards Jesus. Jesus said this. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Well, how did Hannah do it? She, she allowed the pain, she allowed the pressure to push her to God and she got past herself and into miracle territory. I, I don't know how often you read the Psalms. I read the, the Psalms in the morning as part of my, my routine that I'm I'm not a particularly routine person, right? So it's my routine, right? And I, I read five Psalms a day based on the date. It's an awesome system. It's an awesome system. And after you've been reading for a, a long time, you start to get a bit of a, a, a flow. You start to realize, well, because you read the same Psalms on each day of the month, right? So you start to realize, um, oh, this is the, f- the yeah, they all start to come together in episodes for you in your mind. Um, do you know the thing I think is amazing about the Psalms is, is that they're, I reckon heaps of them must have been written in private. Because you'd never stand up, you know, the worship leader would never stand up here. I, I, maybe one day, Emma could do this, maybe one day, you know, and just say, sing a song like, you know, Lord God, 
break the necks of my enemies, crush their teeth into the dust. You know, these are some of the awesome things that are in the Psalms, uh, you know. Um, and, and when you think about it, the thing that's powerful about the Psalms is that I don't, I, don't, I don't reckon any of those people are just, you know, writing off a religious sort of a, oh, we need another song for the, you know, for the Sabbath. Let's write it. No, what's, something, what's something uplifting? No, they're, they're coming to God in the situation that they're in. They're coming to God surrounded by their enemies and they're calling out to Him. They, they even say things, I cry out to you in distress. That's a direct quote from the Psalms. All day long I call out to you. All night long my sleep is robbed for me. And I'm crying out to you. How long, O oh Lord, they say. How long until I see your salvation? How long until you crush my enemies under your feet? You know, I'm a loud person. I'm prepared to admit that among friends. And uh, if once you've got to know me after a few years, you'll realize I'm a loud person, right? But I don't pray loud that often. I reckon it takes faith to pray loud. Well, Hannah wasn't even praying loud. She was just praying loud. She wasn't even, she was praying so loud it made no noise. It, there's a certain amount of faith that stirs. It's when your spirit begins to work where God begins to speak to your spirit. And some of the things that you've been putting up with and putting up with and putting up with, a vision of, of a different future begins to be, uh, arrive in your belly somewhere and begins to bubble away. Maybe you hear a sermon. Maybe a snatch of a song speaks to you. Maybe just uh, God begins to work in your spirit supernaturally and spontaneously, and it begins to bubble up and it bursts out. It's not, it's not the prayers that you make up. It's the prayers that burst out that really make a difference. It's the prayers that burst out of us. James said it like this, that um, he's talking about Elijah. He says that the effective and the fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. Your fervent's just an old-fashioned word for hot. We could pray with a lot of volume without much heat. This, this woman, Hannah, she's praying in the miracle zone. Actually, come on, we've got to allow our frustrations to push us to God, and we've got to engage our souls. We've got to engage our spirits to a level where we push out from polite prayers. We push out from, well, you know, it's nice to be in church and sing four songs and listen to a, a, a word of encouragement from Pastor Jordan. Come on, that's not what we're here for, Equippers Church. We're here to get a hold of God this morning and move into the miracle zone. Amen? I, I reckon the most amazing part of this passage is just this interaction that Hannah has with Eli. You need to read all of the book of First Samuel and to really get a handle on who this guy Eli was. He, he's largely, I think, a good person, uh, but he's not a very competent priest. He's sort of, I'm, I'm sure he was a nice person to have around, and in this moment, he, he, he gets the word of the Lord out in the end. But, but he, he, he was, he was, you know, his, his sons were, were corrupt, and he's not particularly sensitive to the voice of God. He's not particularly sensitive to this woman who's praying. He thinks she's drunk. He's all, you know, he's not, he's not a great priest if you can't tell the difference between a drunk person and an upset person, right? You're representing God on earth and you can't really spot the difference, uh, right? This is, this is, you know, this is an old man who perhaps could have worked harder, could have been better at his job, right? It would be pretty easy for Hannah to dismiss him. You know, how, how, how offended are you in your moment of deep anguish? Just imagine it. Let's say we have an altar call or end. You come forward and you're in tears and I come along. And I say, what are you doing turning up to church drunk again, Amanda? 
Like that would be relatively insensitive even for me, right? Right, yeah, again, Hannah had every right to be offended and angry at God. She had every right to just be offended at the stupid old priest, right? He can't even run, he literally, if you read the story, he can't run the temple, he can't run the tabernacle properly, right? He's got one job, right? He can't do that properly. Now he comes forward and he accuses her of being She could easily have just been offended, right? How easy is it for us to miss the voice of God? How easy is it for, for, for us to miss the, the voice of God when it comes out of the mouth of a donkey or, or, or a man, for that matter? And I don't know how many times I've heard God speak and I've dismissed it because I don't like the person who said it. I don't like their attitude. I don't like their theology. I hear God, I read stuff sometimes, I think, wow, that's awesome. Then I find out about the author, I think, oh, I'm going to run. Presbyterians. It's, it troubles me that Tim Keller is a Presbyterian. It really troubles me because he's awesome. God speaks to him powerfully, but, you know, Presbyterian, yeah, anyway, sorry. But come on, how do we do that, right? People, people say that all the time. Oh, Pentecostal this or Catholic theologian that. Not even a Christian. <laughs> My boss is so stupid, but c- could God speak to you through them? Could God put, God could put something in? Come on, what about your e-group leader? They're just your e-group leader. They just hassle you every time to get, get out midweek. Come on, God could work through them in a way that transforms your life if you're prepared to hear God speak. You know, Jesus was quoting Psalms, Psalm 8. He said that the Pharisees were all upset because the, the, the children in the temple, the little kids that were hanging around the temple, were starting to praise Jesus as the Messiah. And all the religious leaders were like, oh, what do you, you know, can you hear what they're saying? And Jesus is saying, well, haven't you heard the scriptures? Uh, they say that you have taught children and infants to give you praise. And the old versions say that out of the mouths of babes, you have ordained knowledge. Come on, you know, you, you could learn, you know, I would guarantee you, if you serve and equip as kids, you'll learn as much as you teach. You will. You will learn as much as you teach. I love Hannah's response when Eli declares this blessing. She says, oh, I'm not drunk. I'm just in deep anguish. And Eli's like, oh, in that case, switches, you know. Oh, in that case, well, I'll pray that you know, God give you everything you grant, that you've been praying for. God grant you your request. And straight away, Hannah's like, okay, crazy old priest. He's a crazy old priest in one sentence, and suddenly then he's the prophetic voice of the Lord in the next sentence. And she's able to separate. Crazy old priest, can't tell I'm not drunk. Crazy old priest gave me the word of the Lord, and she grabs a hold of it. Straight away she gets back to eating. Straight away she stops crying, and straight away God begins to work in the world. Amen? So she moved forward in faith. I reckon faith's a tricky thing. Faith's a tricky thing, right? She stops crying. They head home. People, people get a bit silly about faith. Um, I, I've heard about situations where people maybe are praying for provision um, or, or they're living, living by faith. Have you heard of people living by faith? Um, I, I've come across people who are living by faith, and friends of mine, have, I've caught them doing this as well. They're living by faith so they're not looking for a job. All right? Now, there's no, there's no problem with living by faith. You know, I lived by faith for a couple of years when I um, w- was a younger we, we just believe God to give you money, and, and uh, you know, God works in that way when He's calling you to it. Um, but, but most times, uh, nearly all the time, faith works like, like this, where Hannah believes and she goes home. But when, you know, when the magic moment's happening for Hannah and Elkanah, Hannah doesn't say, oh, look, 
Elkanah, we don't need you actually. I'm believing God for a miracle. Right? <laughs> God was still going to work through the normal process, right? And God was still does. And Hannah engages the normal process. Let's not talk about the details. It gets a bit awkward, right? But Hannah still engages the normal process. Well, come on. If you know God's called you to make a difference in the business world, what are you doing? Well, I've got a word from God. Great. What are you going to do about it? You know, what are you studying? What job are you doing? How are you learning? What extra hours are you putting in to learn? Oh, I feel like God's called me to make a difference in another part of the world. Okay, are you learning a language? Oh, I believe God's called me to make a difference in family. And what, okay, what books are you reading? How are you learning? Who are you connecting with? Uh, we've got to move forward in faith, but not silly faith that just says God's just going to magically wave his lucky special stick over my head and, my, and the lucky special fairy is going to sprinkle luck or special, special dust all over me and everything will perfectly work out. You know, think about Wakash. How many of you know that Wakash is called to make, to make great music for God? Right? How many people know that Wakash actually practices? He's put in a fair few hours, right? He's put in too many hours sometimes when he should have been doing his studies. <laughs> Let's acknowledge the elephant in the room, all right? But come on, the reality is it's, it's not good enough to turn up and, and just by faith believe that God's tuned the guitar. Come on, but what about the challenges you're facing? Where do you need to actually engage? You know, I love the psalm. It says, I can run through a troop. And leap over the wall. Through my God, I will do valiantly. Not through my God, he will just magically make a way where there is no way. But through my God, I will do valiantly. And I love Hannah. She's valiant. She moves forward in faith. Amen. I love Hannah didn't forget where the miracle came from. You know, um, it's Mother's Day, and you know, when a little baby gets born, you know, after a few weeks, the baby's revealed to the public. You know, you know, sometimes you see the baby after a couple of days if your family or if you sneak in the hospital, and, and we all say, "Oh, what a beautiful baby, eh?" And, and literally, newborn babies are amazing, eh? Like just amazing, so cute, and 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 you see the baby, oh, wow, awesome baby. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you know, awesome baby. But come on, the, the uh, mum actually knows where the baby came from. Baby didn't just appear in those nice clothes and in the car seat. Ah, it's real easy to admire the baby in the car seat. Mm. You know? But come on. I think about, I, I was, I'm always intrigued by how language produces things now. Oh, Mrs. Jones has had a baby. Well, that was, that was nine months of hard work <laughs> and, and a number of hours of agony, right? And, we, and it fits into that little sentence. Mrs. Jones has had a baby. Come on, let's not forget where miracles come from. Miracles come from a process and a journey, and it's a stretch, right? It, it requires, come on, where do miracles come from? Miracles require change. Where does the change need to happen? It needs to happen within you. Come on, a, a woman and building a baby, making a baby. There's like a thousand specific changes in a female physiology to make that baby happen. 
And I reckon the most amazing one is that there's a, uh, uh, I was going to say a toxin, there's not, there's a hormone released that relaxes all of the ligaments so that your spine can change shape. Don't you reckon that's crazy? Come on, where do miracles come from? Well, one of the things is maybe you need a, a hormone release that's going to relax you so that you can change shape a little bit to accommodate what God's wanting to do within you. Maybe God's wanting to do something within you that rather than just miraculously turn up on the doorstep with a little baby in a baby basket and we can all go, wow, Alice has got a miracle. No, God actually wants to do something in Alistair that will move him through into miracle territory where he can actually accommodate the Word of God inside of him. Do you get the picture? We don't need any more detail. We don't need any actual pictures. Come on, let's think about miracles. Where do miracles come from? Romans 8.32. Everyone say, Romans 8.32. You've got to memorize this one. You've got to memorize this one. Since God did not spare even his own son, but he gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Come on, what do you, what do you need from God? Because he's, what he's already done, this is what God's already done. He's already given up his own son for you. So where does the faith come from to believe for physical healing? Where does the faith come from to believe for financial provision? Where does the faith come from to believe for a life of purpose and meaning and a career that matters? Where does that faith come from? That faith comes from an experiential knowledge of the love of God. Do you know, I think this, I think forgiveness, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God can be physically felt, can be physically experienced, where the weight of sin is lifted off. In the, in the old Pilgrim's Progress written by John Bunyan, that's a great name, there, there, there's the great scene near the beginning of the book where Pilgrim approaches the cross and he's got this burden on his back. And I, I remember the illustrated version we had at home had the burden was awesome. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever been tramping for a few days, and then after a few days you finally at the end and you can throw your pack off. Do you know what I mean? Or in my case, if you've been crying and your dad then says he'll carry your pack for you for a bit, and uh, you give your dad the backpack. You know, it's got like a sleeping bag and a pair of undies in it. But anyhow, no, imagine I'm big and strong, and you take the backpack off, and uh, and you start walking. You ever know that feeling? And it actually feels like you know, like you're in that song. Giant steps up. You know, it feels like you're walking on the moon. Gravity's shifted. Oh, I know that feeling in my own spirit, in my own soul. I know that feeling of the weight of sin lifted. So why do I believe God can provide for my financial needs? Because He's already done something so much bigger, so much more complex, so much more difficult to understand, so much more difficult to achieve in the spiritual realm even. He has forgiven my sin. A holy and blameless God has brought me near by the blood of Christ. That's why I can have confidence. That's why I can keep reminding myself to believe that God could do something great. Let's not forget where breakthrough comes from. Breakthrough comes from God. Breakthrough comes from Jesus working on our behalf. Let's not forget where provision comes from. Let's not forget where, 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 the, where miracles come from. Because He loves us, we can begin to believe that He will bless us. Because He's already forgiven us, we're not too shy to trust Him for everything else. Miracles come from grace, from mercy, from the love of God. Miracles do not come from God's deserve omata. Have you, have you went to primary school and they were fundraising for a swimming pool or a, and they have the fundraiser-ometer? 
And they, for some reason, they can never find the same red pen they used last time. So each section's a different color. It always annoyed me. Always annoyed me. Get it right, people. And then I don't know about you, but one time I remember there was one in Paraparan, they were fundraising for something forever. And like the, all the paint had peeled off the sign and they were still a few bob short, you know. It's Paraparan after all, everyone's a few bob short. Anyhow, sorry if you're from Paraparan. John, no apologies. It's not even called Paraparan. It's what it used to be called when there was just white people living there. Paraparan. Fortunately, we've taught the white people how to talk. Now, but, do you know, I think in, in all of us, there's this thing that, that says in heaven there's a deserverometer. And enough, just the right number of prayers. Even what I've said this morning, if I pray with enough passion, come on, it's not what I mean. We'll get to God's deserverometer. Now, come on, effective prayer is because we believe we've got faith. We've got faith that God can move. And we've got faith, what, in the grace and the mercy of God. You know, one of the things the Bible says, that it says that the just shall live by faith. Uh, we, we, the just shall live by faith. We're justified by faith. Uh, and, and one of the biggest misinterpretations of that passage, we think that we're justified by our faith. But we're not. We're justified by the faithfulness of Messiah because He is worthy, because He is faithful. Amen? Don't you reckon it's crazy that this lady, Hannah, was able to dedicate her son to God? It's crazy, it is crazy, because she, she actually did this. Here's a boy of a few years old, like a three-year-old, bringing him to church and leaving him behind. Now, we've all done that. We've all left the kids behind at church, right? Uh, but you always go back and get them before lunch, okay? Uh, but she just didn't just leave the kid behind. And who did she leave him in the care of? Eli, right? Clearly competent. But what she, what she didn't leave him to the priest. She didn't leave him to the church. She left him to God. And she brought him back. She didn't forget where he came from. He was a miracle in the first place. And he became this leader. It says that God spoke to him. And it was the first time anyone had spoken to a person for many years. It said the voice of the Lord was not common. But God spoke with Samuel. And as, 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 a, as a preteen, he was sleeping right beside the ark of God. He grew up sleeping in the holy place, and God speaks to him, and Eli doesn't know what's going on again. And God speaks to this boy, and he ends up anointing the, he anoints the Messiah. He ends up being a, the, a person who welcomes the Messianic line. And it's because she was able to return back this miracle. Elkan has finally learned some social skills relational skills. He obviously went to mind your marriage. And uh, and Hannah says, oh, look, I'm not, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to come to the temple right away. I'm going to wait. And when the baby's weaned and he's growing up a bit, we'll take him and we'll leave him there. And Elkanah says, finally, he's like, yeah, cool, whatever you think. Now, how many know that's a great way to start a conversation with your wife? Whatever you think, right? And then he says this, may God help you keep your promise. Because at least he's got the skills now to understand that this is a big deal. May God help you keep your promise. And I'm praying, man, God help us keep our promise. Lord God, help us remember grace and truth and help us to return the miracles to you. Because it's pretty easy to receive from God and hold on to it. 
Trust me, give Lucia a bag of lollies and then try and get one back off her. She's actually not too bad. Get Madeline much, much worse. Much, much difficult to get lollies off. So what did Hannah do? She allowed the pressure and the pain to push her towards the Lord. She got past herself and into miracle territory. She trusted in the word of the Lord. She moved forward in faith and did what she could. She didn't forget where the miracle came from. And she presented her breakthrough to the Lord. Don't you reckon that's a good little pattern for us? And I'm pr- I really pray that God's been speaking to you about what's that wall in front of you. I pray that you can see it in your mind, in your mind's eye. What's, that, what's the thing God's calling you to break through? And you can easily just deal with the issue. Oh, I, don't need to, I don't need to resolve it. I can just make do. And you can do that. But, you know, if you can break through instead of making do, you make a way for others. You make a way for God to move in a, in a way that only f- the future will tell. See, it wasn't. It was. It was thousands of years before you could see the significance of Hannah's prayers. But she prayed with that passion. She prayed with that faith. When you close your eyes and bow your heads, and there's two things we want to do just before we go. We want to pray in a moment. I want us to pray for breakthrough before we finish with the song of praise. But if you're here this morning and you've never made a decision to acknowledge Jesus as your Savior, we'd love you to give you the opportunity now. Maybe you've never responded to God. Maybe you've never asked Him to forgive you of your sin. Well, the good news is this. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you can come to the love of the Father. You can receive His grace. You can receive His mercy. You don't have to earn it. It's available to you. Maybe you've made that decision back in the past or when you were younger. And for whatever reason, perhaps you're here this morning and you've been away from God for some time. Could I urge you this morning, why don't you get right with Him? And either for the very first time or or as a recommitment, why don't you ask God to forgive you your sin? Why don't you choose to follow Him? So while everyone else has got their heads bowed, their eyes closed, if you're making this decision this morning, I don't want to embarrass you and I'm not going to get you out of your seat or anything like that. But before we all pray together, I'd love to know if you're praying this prayer with us. So either for the first time or as a recommitment decision, if that's you, why don't you just shoot your hand up right now and say, yeah, that's me, Pastor Jordan. I'm praying that prayer. I'm believing for God to set me free and transform me today. Wherever you're sitting, if that's you, just shoot your hand up. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it back down, and then we're going to pray. We don't want to drag the time out, but we do want to give everyone a chance to just consider where you're at and make this decision if you need to. That's so awesome. Thank you. Over on my right. You can put your hand down again. That's so awesome. Is there anybody else? If, if you know that's you, I just, could I urge you, this is the most important decision you could make. Inviting God to save you and asking Him to forgive you. Inviting His love into your world. If that's you, just shoot your hand up and then we're going to pray. Awesome. Can we stand together and pray, church? Is that all right? We're always excited when people are making this decision because we know that it's transformed our lives. Uh, we've experienced the love of God. So let's pray this prayer together and uh, let's pray a believing. Amen. I'll pray a line, then we'll all pray it out. Here we go. Dear God, I thank you for loving me and sending Jesus to die in my place. I ask you, God, to forgive me of my sin. And I'm choosing today to make you the Lord of my life. I choose to follow you and I'm choosing to honor you. Right now, God, I receive your love. I'm choosing to embrace your plan for my life. Amen. 
Amen. Could we give God a shout of praise? So awesome. Such an awesome thing to focus on at the end of our service. And But uh, for, for the person who lifted your hand, uh, after, someone saw your hand and after the service, they just want to chat with you a little more about the decision that you've made. We'd love to give you some more information uh, if that's going to help you. Um, and we'd, we'd love to do that and uh, also get to know who you are and connect with you. Very cool. Very cool. Come on, I, I, I'm praying that God's spoken to you already. I want us to pray how much time we've got. Oh, we've got like a minute. Let's pray for a minute. Let's begin just pushing past ourselves a little bit. Come on, if you don't need breakthrough, you need God to speak to you about what He's calling you to break through. That's my personal view. There's a challenge out there waiting for you. There, there's an enemy designed for you with you in mind. There's something you're designed to bring down. And each of us, that's why we're all different. We're all called to win different battles, but we are all called to win them uh, more than conquerors. Amen. Why don't you lift your hands and, and let's begin to pray. Come and stir up something. Allow your spirit, which is down in your belly, allow your spirit to perhaps push past your mind. Allow the, vo- the words of God to come out of your mouth. God, we're calling on you. Lord God, we can see the challenges in front of us, Lord God, but we know that our enemies are bred to us. Lord God, we know that we can run through a troop. We can leap over the walls and the obstacles that are in front of us. Lord God, we know your plan. We know your purpose, Lord God, that you are here, Lord God, to to bless us and to make us prosper. Lord God, you want to make us strong so you can work your purposes through us. Lord God, we call out to you. Come on, lift your voice right across the room. God wants to work deep into your heart something of his power. He wants to work deep into your heart something of his goodness.